You can worry if you want to, you can cry if you are scared, you can direct all your energy at being more prepared for a journey that had started so very long ago. Or you can focus on the learning and let your spirit grow. You can focus on the learning your spirit grow. Welcome. And as best you can, experience welcome. What good is the concept? without the experience. Welcome to Love is the Power. This podcast is rooted in a self-inquiry method known as the work of Byron Katie, and Tom is a certified facilitator of the work. You'll be hearing a dyad, triad, group, or guided meditation today. As you follow along, you're encouraged to do the best you can to experience for yourself what's being shared. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Seeing if we can get a clearer understanding or experience of of what we are. And just use an old, very old um, image that's been used for a long time as support for self-realization. And so we'll use the image of a mirror. as representing awareness or consciousness or presence or beingness. Let's use awareness. And just notice how the mirror effortlessly, instantly is a yes to whatever images are appearing. 
you could call it an unconditional yes. And to notice, to really notice the effortlessness of the yes, it's, it's natural, as in it's, it's the mirror's nature. It's not an acquired skill, it's not an achievement. It's natural. Natural quality that the mirror has. And that can get us in touch with this unconditional yes that awareness is just like the mirror awareness naturally effortlessly is a yes to whatever's appearing and again looking at the image of a mirror Notice how it says yes equally to an image of beautiful nature or the image of war. It also effortlessly allows for the images to disappear. Instant effortless yes to the appearance. and the disappearance. And another quality of the mirror is it has no agenda. For what's appearing, how long what's appearing hangs out or when it disappears. And then allow that quality of the mirror to help you see and experience that same quality within yourself as awareness. Awareness has no agenda for what is appearing within it. images in the mind, stories that go with the images, feelings, emotions, body sensations, perceptions of the world, 
regardless of what is appearing, the awareness itself says yes and is also agenda free. Just like the mirror. And this reveals or can reveal that the experience of an agenda is just an appearance in the mirror. Just a story, image, and a sensation. And as best you can, allow yourself to be the mirror, to be the awareness, free of an agenda for whatever's appearing or disappearing. Another quality of the mirror is that it has no judgment of, at all of what's appearing. So you could say the mirror is judgment free, free of judgment. Notice how the pure awareness that you are is also judgment-free, just like the mirror. Instant, effortless, yes, to whatever's appearing and disappearing. Free of it agenda and free of judgments of what's appearing and disappearing. Notice another quality of the mirror. It is completely undisturbed or unaffected by whatever's appearing within it. Completely, not, not a little bit, not relatively unaffected. completely unaffected by whatever's appearing or disappearing.
And this is true of the awareness, the pure awareness that we are. Completely unaffected by the images, the stories, the feelings, sensations, percept sense perceptions of the world. These are all the appearances. And as best you can, allow yourself to rest for a few moments. As this pure awareness that unconditionally says yes to all appearances and disappearances free of judgments, free of an agenda. And completely unaffected. One more quality of the mirror is its perfect stillness. No matter how much movement is happening in the appearances, it remains perfectly still. And as best you can, experience that perfect stillness that is awareness. that unconditional yes, that is awareness.
And now allow yourself as awareness, allow yourself to lose interest in all the appearances, the steady flow of appearances, images, stories, feelings, body sensations, perceptions through the senses. To consciously allow yourself to be uninterested these ever-changing flow of perceptions, appearances, and disappearances. And just be. The perfect stillness that you are. If you want to experiment, allow the eyes to open, close, and as best you can. So allow yourself to be more interested in the stillness. Almost like allowing the stillness to be more real than the ever-changing, moving perceptions.
Are you an image, a story, a feeling, a sense perception? Or are you the stillness? in which all perceptions happen. Are you a body? is made up of an image and sensations or that awareness in which the image and sensations called a body appears. experiencing, is there an inside the body and an outside the body, like a barrier, a border, a separation? outside, separate from the inside, when you're experiencing, And one more quality of this still presence of awareness, this unconditional yes, which you could also 
call it unconditional welcoming everything welcome instantly it's so instant so effortless we don't even notice And as St. Teresa of Avila said, until all are welcome, God's voice cannot sing loud enough to be heard. And maybe it could be rephrased into, until we notice all is welcome. We miss our presence, God's presence. Hi everyone, we hope you enjoyed this meditation. This is one that Tom originally shared at a weekly Wednesday group session. If you're interested in joining us there, you can find more information on Tom's website, theworkwithtom.com. What follows in this episode is a deep dive between myself, Caroline, and Tom on the mirror as a metaphor for the awareness that we are. We hope you enjoy. Oh, I didn't listen to the meditation again, but... I know from last Wednesday, being really struck by um, just this idea that uh, the mirror reflecting back what is, is different from accepting what is. Because I had always confused allowing with accepting or condoning, like agreeing with right. what's going on, wanting it to go on. But when you were, yeah, it's just so, there was so much clarity with the mirror metaphor for me around this idea that it's just showing you what's going on. It doesn't mean you have to like it. doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Um, yeah. So that, I remember being really struck by that. That was very powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> the idea, at least as I understand it, of using imagery like, like the mirror is um, it's like uh, you could say, Images and concepts uh, can be a carrier, uh, like they they can carry us into the experience that the image and the concept is referring to, um, and that that especially imagery is um, well especially, I don't know about especially, but both. But imagery can be very powerful as far as support and experiencing what um, what the image points to about who and what we truly are. Yeah. I had a similar moment too, even with the word self-realization where I think this is what you're speaking to, that 
it was, it's so easy to reference these truths from a conceptual standpoint and, and try to understand them more, like understand yourself or realize yourself. And then that shift into the actual experience, like getting the experience of what that truth is saying and just how easy, even with the word self-realization it is, or for me, where it's like my mind can kind of lead that investigation and it's just more mental and looking at the images versus those moments where I pop in and really directly experience yeah. self. Um, and, yeah. So, uh, and for me, I like for realization, uh, it, it's interchangeable with experience or experiential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so you could say self-realization or the experience of self. Yeah. Um, you know that that that's where it's at. <laughs> not not a, right. a longer list of conceptual understand conceptual understanding, which would be a conceptual description of right. who and what we are. Yeah. So the concept can describe it, but the concept can also carry us into the experience yeah but it's very easy to settle for uh, being a collector of concepts Mm. and thinking i've got something by collecting concepts So one question that came up for me when I was listening to the meditation, and this is a little bit mental in terms of how my mind was trying to understand. So I acknowledge that and wherever, wherever we go from the question, um, I'm open to, but it is more of a mental thing that was happening where I was like, okay, so I am a mirror is kind of what the meditation was saying, like who and what I am nope. is a mirror? No. Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. Okay, so great. The mirror, so. Yeah, the mirror is just an image that is, it's very easy to see qualities uh, that apply to who, who and what we are without our story, that apply to the awareness that we are. So the, mirror itself uh, the the our experience of a mirror uh-huh. uh, the mirror has qualities that are shared with awareness okay so it's not saying awareness is the mirror it's just the mirror has qualities of awareness that are very it's very easy to see in the mirror right and and fairly easy to see that the awareness shares the same those same qualities now where it may be possible that the awareness is a mirror would be it would be if that's accurate then the awareness the metaphor it would be a three-dimensional mirror so that 
it would be more like whatever's being reflected would be like a holographic image. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's possible the awareness is a mirror, but not not the way we see it, where it's flat like that. Gotcha. But it's more it's more about um, uh, being being able to see clearly and and feel feel or sense and experience those shared qualities. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, okay. As in, you know, one of them was uh, non non judgmental. Mm -hmm. One one that we didn't go into that made me that came up for me just now with Dory's uh, sharing right at the beginning is um, uh, there's no personal self. There's, there's, there's no self that's taking sides, mm. you know, for or against, pro or con, um, condoning, not condoning. So it's So the not condoning aspect, like that's being open and accepting, you know, is not this not the same as condoning, which is sounds like Dory that that meditation helped you actually feel or experience. Wow, accepting what's happening is not condoning. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's, you could say a. Uh, like that's one step out of uh, the false self um, because the mirror, you know, the mirror is accepting of everything, uh, but it's not a self that's accepting. It's not a separate self accepting everything, mm -hmm. you know, which is very easy because the story of a separate self is so strong and so firmly held by our culture. Um, uh, accepting becomes a doing of a separate self, you know, similar to forgiveness where the separate self is forgiving, but, you know, real forgiveness is realizing there's nothing to forgive. Well, now there isn't some separate self that's forgiving some atrocity. Mm. It's, there's a no self aspect, no separate self aspect to forgiveness, real forgiveness, realizing what you believed happened didn't. And the same with acceptance of what is. The real acceptance is that non-judgmental place. You know, that the mirror really helps us to sense that, like the you know, the mirror, you can tell the mirror has zero judgment about what whatever's appearing. And so you can you might be able to sense how there, there's no self there. No, no separate self in that non 
that non-judgmental place. There's no, there's no self that's accepting and not condoning. There, there, there's, there just is no. It's not on one side or the other. You know, it's not on the one side that is like we'll, we'll use. We could use some kind of violence. The mirror is reflecting violence, so there isn't one side that's opposed to violence but is accepting right. that violence is here. There's there is no s separate self opposing anything, so it's a complete absence of um, that separate self that would accept violence <clears throat> it's but you can kind of you can kind of feel how oh yeah there's like zero judgment there's zero judgment there's zero there's a zero uh, uh, entity or person that's um, That has any commentary at all about what's appearing, you know? Mm -hmm. it's <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's where the effort comes in, or right? Like when there's a separate self, that's the self that efforts either in accepting it or not accepting or forgiving or not forgiving. Yes. Yeah. And that's what gives, and the effort is what gives the, the illusion of fortifies the illusion of separation and and separate a separate self is doing doing something how do i know i'm doing something there's effort yeah when there's no effort um very hard to say i'm doing something there's an eye that's doing something yeah. I, I saw it as like um it's like when you're looking in the mirror and you're focusing only on yourself and not seeing the bigger picture or all the other parts of existence or what is happening. It's kind of how I imagined what you were talking about. Like the separate self is like when you're just seeing you and you're not seeing how you're connected to the, the rest of what is happening. Um, and I think you've talked about that before too, Tom, right? Like focus, like what, where your focus is, is where you're living or where you're like, uh, what you experience it, experiencing is what you're focusing on. Like yeah, your attention is always somewhere. The and the attention is one of the qualities of awareness. It has uh, attention as a quality and wherever that attention is, um, is of course what you're experiencing and then but also the awareness has the ability to focus into you know so we'll focus into an image of the body a story of the body and a feeling of the body and then we can focus into that to the point where it, it all feels like me because of that focus and then like the number six is in the work or or the way i like to say it open 
open the attention, open. The awareness itself is open. And, um, and so it's lifting the focus out of the image story feeling. And when you do that, then there's, you start to experience the image story feeling appearing in the openness that you are. And so the openness could be like the mirror. The mirror is just openness. Um, and then also focusing on the image, like right now, you guys, we can all see the room. If we look at our own image in the screen uh, as if it's a mirror, we can see other things in the room and and you can see the body is one more thing in the room. Mm -hmm. So the body belongs to the realm of things, the world of things. And the world of things is the universe, the physical universe. So the body belongs to the physical universe. It's, you know, just like the physical body has trillions of cells, individual cells, they all, they all make up the body, the, the human body. And the human body is one of the cells that makes up the universe. So it's a way to begin to um, at least open to the body. The body is not separate from the body of the universe. And with, which then opens the possibility that our real body is the universe, which opens the possibility, opens us also to the possibility that the consciousness or awareness that we are is a universal consciousness or awareness, that it's not limited to or dependent on the body, this body that we sense through or see through, hear through. Mm. Can, sorry, Tom, can you say that last part again? I didn't hear it. Um, we're not limited or to or dependent on the body that... Well, it opens the possibility that this awareness, the presence, awareness, beingness, consciousness, whatever, word you want to put to it is not is also universal when you open to the possibility that the body is the this human body that we call me is uh, one of the cells that makes up the universal body um, it opens the possibility that my real body is the universe. And once that possibility, once we're open to that possibility, we're also open to the possibility that the awareness of consciousness is 
there's a universal aspect to awareness that it's not separate, limited to uh, this body that we call Tom or Dorian, Carolyn. You know, and that as we open up to the possibility that the body belongs to the universe and um, and there could be one being that is living the universe. And that can be the beginning of freedom from fear of what's going to happen to this body. There's one being living the whole universe. <coughs> but that, as far as I can tell, that's the root cause of our fear is this uh, beingness or awareness that I am is dependent on the body. And um, and the body that it's dependent on is separate from the un the universe, and now everything's a threat to this body because the universe is constantly dissolving bodies <laughs> and using those bodies to feed other bodies that then thrive, but eventually they die, you know, or feed other bodies. But the, the bodies are constantly coming in to a specific form and eventually dissolving. Um, and so, so that's like a root fear, spiritual fear, psychological fear that we carry. That causes us to, you know, take sides and separate further and have for and against, and uh, which are, you could say, all all different forms of tiny little wars to big big wars, and, and also the inner experience that it is not a friendly universe. It's you know, it's dog-eat-dog, dog. survival of the fittest, that, that whole um, relationship with existence as a separate body, separate person fighting for a place, fighting for survival being threatened all the time. So I, this might sound, maybe this is a little, um, I don't know, presumptuous or um, maybe naive of me to say, but at least in this moment, I personally don't have a fear of death. So although I know that you know, what you're calling is like core belief 
um, I know that to be like very like relevant and, and relatable right now, I personally don't, I don't relate to that fear. Um, but it makes me wonder if, and sorry, there's no like one-to-one -one correlation between what you just shared and what is coming up for me or what my response is, but somehow I'm asking myself, like if we don't need to fear death or dissolution or the body, then can we be perfectly happy just doing, and I guess not like, almost like not doing anything, just going with the flow of life and um, not even having desires, not having a will, not having ambitions. Well, like yeah, definitely freedom from desire, you're gonna be happier. <laughs> you know, de desire and um, desire and fear. So that's a different source of fear. But uh, but it can't. But it it's still related to separate. You know, because I believe I'm separate. Well, then there's something outside of me that will fulfill me. You know, but if I'm everything, well, there's nothing outside of me that's ever going to fulfill me. I'm everything. Um, um, so desire and fear uh, um, definitely get in the way of happiness. Or, or they give us um, very short-lived happinesses when a desire is fulfilled. Uh, and the illusion, you know, because we've all had des desires fulfilled and felt a certain relief and happiness around the, that desire being fulfilled um, but what we usually miss is the natural happiness that we are because the desire was fulfilled the tension and the fear that go with the desire the unfulfilled desire is is released for a moment and then the release of all that, the natural happiness that we are, comes up. Um, but we attribute it to the fulfillment of the desire. So then we want to become, you know, master manifestors. Uh, you know, we want to be able to make our list of everything we desire and make it happen, you know, which is basically controlling. Um, uh, the experience of the body, of yeah. what the body, you know, what the body gets and doesn't get and the body mind. I think what I, I think what I'm pointing to is the, this other fear that seems to be pretty persistent that if we were just our natural happiness, we wouldn't do anything, which seems to come yeah. like, and again, but, um, yeah, that's pretty common with the experience of peace, contentment, uh, happiness for no reason. Um, that, <clears throat> and, and working with myself and people for years, that's uh, almost always comes up eventually because as you undo stories, you begin to experience the peace or the natural happiness that you, that you are. 
or the natural joy that you are and and then the motivation that has come through desire or you know a sense of lack is gone and because we're convinced that it's that desire or sense of lack, sense of dissatisfaction, lack, that gives us that drive, that motivation. And then sometimes we're successful at bringing in to our experience whatever the motivation is. And we imagine that that movement in life comes from the lack, the sense of lack, the sense of dissatisfaction or the desire, which is born out of a sense of lack, that, that yeah, then we would never move, which is possible. You know, I mean, you hear stories like Ramana Maharshi, where he went into the peace or stillness of beingness at a self-realization or whatever, and didn't move for, I don't know, I've heard anywhere from six months to two years. Where he literally sat in the cave and like rats were chewing on his body and he still didn't move. Um, so it's possible we would never move again but who cares if you're happy? Exactly. Exactly. You're perfectly happy just sitting there doing nothing. Doing Even nothing, perfectly yeah. happy, and perfectly happy doing something. Yeah. But I had, I had a big experience of emptiness, and along with the experience of emptiness, it was like the emptied, emptied of the process was some, some, something inside of me said, Tom, you need to let go of everything you cherish. So this is a little different. Uh, but anyway, I went through everything I cherish as best I could. And I, something inside me said, okay, I, 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 think the, I think that's correct. I need to do this. And I had no idea how. And so I just did whatever. I did a review of everything I cherish. And, oh, and the funny thing, the thing, I, the thing I found that I cherished the most was my story that there was something wrong with me. I went through the obvious stuff. Oh, my wife and my kids and family and beauty and skiing and and blah, blah, blah. You know, all these wonderful things. But the very last thing was something wrong with me. It's like, oh, that's the thing I cherish the most that I'm holding on to the most. And anyway, when I hit that, the holding on... um, released completely and it, I actually experienced a you know to me it'd be like an energy like flushing the toilet like whoosh all this energy rushed out of me and I, I, I felt tremendously empty and in the emptiness even though it wasn't pleasant it was I, I call it a devastating empty um, was empty of everything I cherish, including these negative stories. Um, but uh, it was also perfectly still, completely still. And 
in it, I found there was no reason to move. So part of that emptiness, it emptied me of all the reasons to move in the world, you know, to hold on, whether holding on to what you cherish or going after something that you think would make you happy. But no reason to move at all. And that was the devastating part, no reason to move, because in that moment, it equated to never moving. There's no reason to move, that means it would never move again. Never experience all the beautiful experiences available. And, and then something inside was new to just stay with the stillness, stay with the emptiness. And I don't know how long I laid there, but it felt, internally, it felt like literally no reason to move again so I could be still like this for eternity. Like it, it felt that still. And then at some point it just came in, oh, and there's no reason not to move. Oh, okay, they're equal. No reason to move, no reason not to move. And then at some point it, it got up. It just got up. And then, then the whole experience flipped and I started, and then I just experienced the creation as full, like full and alive. And <clears throat> so anyway, I had the firsthand experience that we don't need a reason to do whatever we do. That, yeah, Sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking what you're saying. And I think I'm curious about the um, the part where like you got up or, you know, it, it decided you decided that it would move. Um, did it feel more like an instinct or an impulse or was there like an intention? Like, oh, I actually want to do that. So I'm going to do that. I think that's what I'm curious about. Like if we didn't have intention or desire um, yeah, well, you definitely don't need desire. Desire is a, a killer of happiness. Okay, so let's throw out let's throw out desire, but um, yeah, I think I'm just want, yeah like wondering if I didn't have any intention or interest in any particular subject or field or even like a place. Well, to you can have an intention. Um, Like there, like uh, no reason to get up, no reason not to get up. Uh, let, you know, let's just say we're in that kind of experience. No reason to get up, no reason not to get up, which would be a, a, an experience of um, stillness or peace. But let's call it peace, complete peace, and maybe even you know peace and con complete peace and contentment. So, uh, which would be the absence of desire. So now there's no desire, there's no desire as in need for any particular experience in order to feel whole, complete, content, peaceful, um, which is free of desire. <laughs> <laughs> 
and um, and then there's and then consider the possibility that there's unlimited experiences available but there's no incompleteness here in me that needs a particular experience to be whole or complete well then We can experience, we can have intentions, like we can ask ourselves, what are you interested in experiencing? You know, what would you like to experience? Or what are you interested in experiencing? Since it's all available, everything's available and, and you're free of desire now. So, uh, and believe it or not, free of desire is, is you're free of violence as well and you could say the the universe is much more playful when we're free of violence <laughs> it's a much more it's a big playground but the, the ego or the separate self it doesn't understand you know, uh, just like my experience when it was emptied out and there's no reason to move, you know, the first thing in the door was, well, that's equal to never moving. Like, you know, almost like uh, now I'm not allowed to move, <laughs> you know, and that's where I realized, oh, the ego, separate self, separate identity, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it works in the world of cause and effect, reason. So it has to justify everything it can't it can't just be what would you like to experience there has to be a reason you know and so dissatisfaction is a reason to go after uh, um, things <laughs> usually it's the world of things that we think will satisfy but it's it justifies moving and acting in the world I think what I'm imagining is like moving from this place of peace. So it's not coming from desire, not coming from um, lack, but I think I'm distinguishing like this uh, life or um, set of experiences that are sort of dictated by my interests versus one set of experiences that life would just give me. Like I'm making this distinction um, and I think maybe the point is just that they're both great options. They're both options that are available. Um, yeah, that's a good, that is a great point to come to. Mm -hmm. You know, as in one's not better than the other. Yeah. Um, as soon as one is better than the other, then we want control but it's going to be control from a 
a sense of separation. Um, and, and there'll also be at least a little bit of fear because one, one has become better than the other. So I have to always experience through my own intention can't be experiencing through the intention of the universe. Yeah. Um, I want to be in charge. So now there's going to be an element of me and the universe. Yeah. Or me and God. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there I think I'm experiencing in myself in the past so much of what I did was um, as like a fuck you or at, or because I felt lack or because I felt desire. And now I'm starting to see like, oh, like I can go for things um, just because they're purely interesting. And then, right, this conversation is making me curious about like, oh, but what happens if I just even drop the, what am I interested in and just see like what is given to me? I, I think I'm just curious. Well, about well uh, it's a great experiment. Like I would, I would highly recommend that you... Um, do the best you can to not be interested. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or probably a better way of saying that would be allowing yourself to have no interest at all. Mm. Because you could, you may begin to notice that the, that the interests that come to you don't come from you as a separate person. They come from the universe <laughs> to you, yeah. Because you're, you're, you, as far as I can tell, you won't. There's always going to be an interest. Yeah. So you're kind of saying like there might be no difference. Yes, except I, what I like that your, pre, you know, your proposal, it, it would, it would help you experience how oh the interest is given to me from the universe. It's the interest, or is it's yeah. It's like the intent is given to me. The interest is given to me from the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm just going to allow, you know, God, the universe, or universal consciousness to direct, you know, the ship of this body mind. And and then part of that directing of this would be, oh, all of a sudden an interest came in. And that that could be the movement all day long. Yeah. You know, but uh, open to the possibility that desire, you could say there's interest, which interest that's free of desire, and then there's desire-based interest. So for me, in my language, I would call desire-based interest as an unnatural interest. So it could be 
natural interest and unnatural interest. Natural interest comes from the universal body, the, the universal mind, the universal consciousness through this body-mind. And the unnatural interest would come, come from the belief that I am a body, I'm this body, this mind, separate beingness from everything else, which would create, you know, once separation is there, then there's something outside that we need either to be supported or to be happy or peaceful or safe, free of fear, um, which then creates all these desires for certain experiences. which then you could say that because we have that desire, we have an interest in getting money, as an example, when our real interest is feeling safe or being free of fear. Um, so bringing back the mirror. Well, the first thing you need I think that would be helpful is to realize the mirror is not a perfect model. Mm. It's not an all-inclusive, perfect model for the awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes. don't try to fit the awareness into the limitations of the mirror mo model. Mm. It's, it's good. It has a limit to, to yeah. what it can reveal or help us realize about what we are, who we are. Yeah, so maybe it's just the part that resonates for me is that you can't change the qualities of the mirror. Like, and when things come in or out of the mirror, we can judge it or we can make a story about it or we can, you know, say that we like it when it's there, or we don't. But that really has nothing to do with. That's actually one of the appearances in the mirror. The judgments and the uh -huh. comments and the, yeah. But the yeah. mirror is always. Non-judgmental. Non-judgmental, accepting whatever comes in and out. Yeah. So, no agenda. Yeah. So one of the appearances in awareness is uh, judgments. So, but the awareness itself is completely unaffected by whatever judgments are appearing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so then you could say judgments, you could say there's thoughts that appear that come from the belief that I'm this body, this body, mind, feeling, that, that's separate. And let's call that like the base of a pyramid, upside down pyramid. And the bottom point there is 
I'm this body, mind, separate from everything that I see and experience. And then that belief, identity, then generates thoughts. That would be the, for me, the image of the upside down pyramid. Then that one root thought at the base generates this whole, all these other stories that are the life of this separate being, separate self. And part of that the pyramid of thoughts is judgments. Because there's separation and, and then um, uh, comparison and competition and you know all all the all the all the things that come from believing in separation where then we judge things good or bad right or wrong better than less than we compare um, so using the mirror uh, though all those the root belief and separation and all the stories that come out of that would all be appearances in the mirror that the mirror the mirror itself is still unaffected even though the belief and separation is happening and all the fear and desire and stories that come out of it which makes our spiritual journey irrelevant, <laughs> mm. so to speak. Irrelevant to who we really are. Mm. Or, in other words, it's already free. But at some point, the interest in the truth of who we are shows up. Mm. To the self, the awareness that is believing it to be separate. And, you know, it's just so odd because it's already free. It's like, I think we went into this in one, one of the group sessions around how the identity, the I, the sense of I never is, uh, is always unaffected. Okay, and that's one of the qualities of the mirror. The, 
if a mirror had a sense of I, you know, was conscious, aware, conscious, there's a sense of I-ness, conscious. And so that sense of I, whether it's believing to be a Caroline, a Dory, a Tom, separate from everything, uh, the sense of I-ness experiencing that doesn't change. Just like a good feeling, it's the same I experience as a good feeling as experiences a bad feeling. Same I experiences identification as a body and a mind and a name and a set of memories. Same I that experiences um, the freedom from identification. But to begin to see that, oh, it's the same I that experienced a two-year-old body that now experiences this body. And, it's, and you can see, oh, yeah, it was like this the same I has been experiencing all the way through all these different bodies, all these different abilities, all these different skills, all these different limitations and growing out of the limitations that come with going from two to 30 or 40 or 60. But the same I couldn't tie its shoes and could tie its shoes. Same sense of I. But that can be supported in living more, residing more from the sense of I that is un unaffected by everything. Which is one, you know, one of the things we can see in the mirror. It, it's unaffected by what's appearing. What the mirror doesn't convey very well, the mirror model doesn't convey very well, is the sense of I-ness. Um, which, you know, is one of the root fears is that we'll lose the sense of I-ness. You know, no separate self, or so many of the spiritual paths talk about no self, or no identity. But the experience isn't a loss of a sense of being, knowing that I am, a sense of beingness. And so I can point to help liberate us from that fear. Like, oh, no, there's, there's this I that experiences that's unaffected by the content of the experience.
little something different. Love is the power podcast lovers. I wanted to mention my friend Dory and her partner Arthur make the most amazing chocolate truffles. If you're a chocolate lover, it's a must that you give these a try. So if you go to childishchocolates.com, order a box. I've had them. They are amazing. And I know Dory and Arthur personally, and so I can verify personally that they're made with love. wonderful experience is an investment, not an expense. So invest in your own beautiful experiencing. <laughs> it's childishchocolates.com. forgot you were connected with everything it's okay we all do it too it just takes remembering it's okay we all do it too it just takes remembering that love is what we're all here for it's the only score we're keeping so settle yours love is what we're all here for it's the only scar we're keeping so settle yours you can do all of the things you can play all of the parts you can make a mess of everything or score off all the charts But when you reach the end and you think that you have died You will do it all again You will do it all again You will do it all again satisfied the views and opinions expressed on the tom podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of byron katie nor the intent of her self-inquiry method known as the work for more information on byron katie please visit thework.com if you wish to learn more about Tom, a certified facilitator of the work, and the podcast's eponym, please visit theworkwithtom.com.